Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast, where we don't ask our subjects for permission before creating content. I'm Ben Robinson. And I'm John Williams. Get ready to poke your eyes out, folks. We're talking Weird Al. Well, here's a topic that I am very, very excited to be talking about tonight. We are talking, as we said, about Weird Al Yankovic. It's always been one of my favorites. Yeah. I love this guy. He's the absolute pinnacle of his domain. He's the the best at what he does. He really is. There's no one. It even approaches his ability to parody popular music and culture. Yeah. Whether it's fart noises or food references, like, yeah, he he is the undisputed grandmaster of it. He is the Wolverine of uh, of parody music and humor music in general. Yeah, and, and a generally funny guy, too. I think it's safe to say that you and I are lifelong fans of Weird Al. Yeah, yeah, from the first moment that I uh, knew of his existence, I fell in love with the guy. Oh, how romantical. We should uh, write him a love letter for you. Maybe he'll pop on the show. I would do lots more embarrassing things than that to get him on the show. You know, I've, I have I don't know why, but th- this guy seems so not show busy about, about everything that like, I've actually been tempted to just try to get in contact with his people and just be like, hey, we are a nobody podcast and we're doing an episode on, on Weird Al. Can we just talk to him for a minute? And for some reason in my head, I've, I've got it like, like a, like a childlike, um, imagination about it or, you know, just, sorry, <clears throat> for some reason I've got like a childlike naivete about how the world works where I, I'm just sort of like, yeah, maybe he will pop on there. You know, like if you, if you met a supermodel and you're like, Hey, want to want to go on a little date or how about just a kiss? Why not? What harm could it do? And they'd be like, Oh, okay, sure. Well, and yeah, all he's got to do is like make a phone call. Yeah. Like, like we could have him call in. Yeah. Like like the audio quality wouldn't be great, but I, that's not that hard to do. And he seems like a pretty down to earth, legit guy. I I watched the complete aisle last night. He seemed like a real reasonable dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't talk much in that. No, he didn't. He had a shockingly small number of lines. I think, uh, yeah. I don't know, maybe he wasn't confident with his acting yet. Yeah. Well, just to give a little backstory to our, to our imaginary friend or who we imagined to be our friend. Uh, Alfred Matthew Yankovic was born in 1959 to Nick and Mary Yankovic. Uh, he was raised in Linwood. That's uh, what? That's Southern California, right? Out, outside of LA? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a suburb. Oh, okay. Of LA out there somewhere. Uh, do you know how he got started with his, uh, with his accordion playing? Well, we're the complete owl to be believed. And I, I gotta say, it seemed like a pretty above board biopic. <laughs> um, he said sarcastically, uh, did he get it as a birthday present? Um, it was just before his sixth birthday, a door to door salesman w- came to the door and, uh, he was, he was pitching a, a local music school apparently, and he gave Al and his parents the option of teaching him either the guitar or the accordion. And for some reason, his parents picked the accordion. Uh, <laughs> all those rock stars do drugs and shake their hips. Yeah, there's there's conflicting reports coming from Mr. Yankovic that uh, 
One says that his parents thought the world needed one more Yankovic playing the accordion because apparently there is a uh, a Frankie Yankovic who is of no relation whatsoever who is a uh, accordion player. And um, another one says that his parents thought uh, that it would it would revolutionize rock music. The latter seems legit. Yeah, I think they both seem pretty silly. <laughs> well, it's like, like if, if you've watched many interviews with, with Al, he's very, uh, I'm on a first name basis with him, by the way. Yeah, your good friend yeah. Al. Yeah, my, my buddy Al. Uh, if you watch interviews with him, it's like really difficult to tell when he's being serious or when he's telling you the truth and when he's just being completely sarcastic. Yeah. Like sometimes it's obvious, but... Then he like, ah, ha, 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 and then this, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, hey, is that true? <laughs> it's hard to say. Well, yeah, and like, like you brought up the movie The Complete Al from 1985. We're going to be, I'm sure we'll be referencing that here and there if we're, if we're talking history and biopics. Go watch it. It's okay. More, <laughs> more on that later. It's worth watching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there are parts in that movie where I'm like, wait, wait, is this, is this real? Is this, you know, because it's clearly you know, a fictionalized biopic, but there are certain parts where, where I'm like, this actually seems like it could be legit. And I, I did a little reading afterwards and there are little parts that were true. The pictures of his uh, Japan tour and his trip in Japan, apparently those were all real. I think some of the videos from his childhood may have been real. Yeah. That, yeah. The, he, those, those were definitely his chin in uh in those kid videos yeah well and and those were his real parents were they i was curious about that yeah i mean their their stellar acting chops may have thrown you off goodness but they uh yeah that's his actual parents yeah so uh so al was uh was young for his age in school and um you know thus kind of kind of was labeled as a as a nerd and a brain but he made his way through school uh, in high school he was in he was in various clubs, including he started the Volcano Club in high school for no other reason but to get another picture in the yearbook. Yeah, what do you what do you do in Volcano Club? Do you make volcanoes? Do you Nothing. Just talk about volcanoes? Nothing apparently. <laughs> you awesome. just get your picture in the yearbook. Was he the, was he the only member? I do not know. There there wasn't a big section on uh, on the vol- volcano club years. And honestly, like we just said, maybe it's not even true. Yeah, yeah, no like, kidding. Who knows? <laughs> his earliest exposure came when he was uh, when he was sixteen years old. Or I guess his earliest musical exposure. Somebody exposing him musically to the world, dropping his musical pants, if you would, in front of everybody. Yes, showing his uh, showing off the goods. At 16. That's creepy. Dr. Demento came to his high school and was doing a presentation or a show of some sort. That's I'm not fucking sure. awesome. Isn't it? I loved the Dr. Demento show when I was a kid. Yeah. For, for, for those listeners who don't know of Dr. Demento, because it was very much something from an earlier period of time, like when we were children, tell us about what Dr. Demento was. So yeah, Dr. Demento, was, he was a, a radio DJ. I think he was syndicated nationally. I can't remember what radio station he came on, but it was once a week. I think it was on Saturday nights. I believe it. But he came on and it was, it was all kind of funny. Some of it was parody music, but most of it was just original funny music during the holidays, like grandma got run over by a reindeer. And I remember that, uh, weird song about the guy that runs over squirrels and keeps them in his drawer and says, <laughs> you know, hubba, 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 hubba. I haven't heard that song in years, but all kinds of just awesome. I used to tape it. Like I, like it would come on 
And because it came on late, it was, I think it was like 11 o'clock to like one in the morning. Yeah, totally. I remember you and our, our good buddy, Daniel, always re- recording that on cassettes. That was the first place I heard Dr. Demento was over at Daniel's place. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember I got a, uh, like they'd play like old, and he'd play occasionally like, you know, um, songs from like Monty Python or other, you know, comedy troops and stuff. And uh, that, I mean, I'm, I'm nearly certain that's where I first heard Weird Al Yankovic was on the Dr. Demento show. And uh, it was just, it was funny. It was a silly DJ. He had a beard and he always wore a top hat in pictures at least. And yeah, uh, he, like he wore he, like a tuxedo and a top hat with, t- you know, like head tails on his jacket and shit. Yeah. He looked like, he looked like a magician. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, those big, big, thick glasses and that that voice that was kind of high and yep. nerdy. Yep. And uh, but yeah, I used to set it to record because I had like a. I remember I got a stereo where I could put a tape in and like you could set it to record at a certain time. Oh damn! Yeah, it was cool. And uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I recorded that show all the time, and I'd listen back to it and then like re-record over the tapes because cassette tapes were a commodity. <laughs> they were a form of currency in our in our early years yeah but uh it was uh i, I absolutely love the dr mentor is he still alive yeah i'm pretty sure he is good yeah i'm glad to hear that i don't think he will ever die yeah famous last words <laughs> um, he, he when i well, at least when i was a kid he seemed really old well yeah but he, that's probably because he, he had already, a gray beard exactly yeah he already had the salt and pepper when we were kids but i mean steve martin did too and yeah well, no steve kidding. martin had gray hair before i was born I think Steve Martin had gray hair when he was born. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> so, uh, so Al, when uh, when he saw Doctor Demento, he decided to take one of his cassette tapes where he had recorded some of his own humorous songs on there. This was before he was doing parodies, and gave it to Doctor Demento. And the the good doctor decided to put it on his show. He he just went right ahead and played it. Um, so that was uh, that was in 1976. That was Weird Al's first. Uh, or sorry. Al, as he was known at the time, that was his first um, first exposure in the, out in the world. And Doctor Demento played it on air. Yeah, that's fucking awesome, isn't it? Go Doctor Demento. What? Well, that's good. I remember he used to like he would get things and be like, "All right, I'm playing this." And sometimes it was good, sometimes it wasn't. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I remember as a child, like thinking like you know I'd have ideas for funny parody songs or stupid songs that were um, so so awful. <laughs> Uh, and I always, I always dreamed of like recording them and sending them in and hearing them on, on the show. Never, ever followed through with that, which was probably the right move. Oh, no way, man. I'm surprised you didn't. I wouldn't be surprised if I did record something and send it to him, but uh, I don't think it ever made it on if I did. <laughs> yeah. And, and you wouldn't remember it anyway. No, I wouldn't. So from there, uh, Al kept on doing his, uh, his own music in his own time. He went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, California. Um, he was studying architecture. That was something that was true from uh, from the the movie. And Al was a disc jockey there at uh, what was it? KCPR, the uh, campus radio station, I believe. Oh, so yeah, so that was accurate. Yeah, it was. I was surprised to see that because at first I was like, "Oh, CPR, ha ha ha!" You know that that stands for something real. Uh, and it was there where um, where he was nicknamed weird al just by by students they just gave him the nickname and he decided to adopt it for his uh professional persona and adopt it he did yeah it, w- it was there that he started creating parody songs and another uh instance of the movie being accurate he recorded the song my bologna a parody of uh the nax my sharona in a bathroom there uh due to its acoustics awesome that was true yeah that's totally true Bitchin'. So he took his accordion into the bathroom and recorded uh, recorded my Bologna. 
And um, he again sent that to Dr. Demento and the, the doctor played it. And people loved it. People heard it. Even the Knack's uh, frontman, Doug Feger, suggested to Capitol Records that they should uh, produce it as a single. And they did. And they gave him a six-month recording contract. Awesome. Yeah. So that's that's where it all started. My Blown is a solid song. Yeah, absolutely. I remember as, as a kid, that was one of the early ones that, that caught my ear. So through uh, more appearances on Dr. Demento, and Al toured with Dr. Demento, um, a, a live stage act. And it was through that, that he met the members of his band. And, um, then they, they got, they got working 1983. They released the, uh, the self-titled, uh, weird Al Yankovic album. Um, that included hits. I, I, I almost want to say like hits in quotation marks, but they're hits to me. They're hits in my heart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I may not have made billboards top 10 or anything, but yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, well, oh, damn it. I should have checked up on that, you know, when it when it showed that billboard chart on on the complete Al. Yeah, I don't think he ever made number one on anything, <laughs> did he? No, <laughs> I, no I don't know. Way. I mean, it, does does Billboard have a uh, have a separate list for different genres? Like maybe there's like humor albums. Maybe? Cuz yeah, another one rides the bus possibly charted. I don't know. Do you have your phone on you? Like Eat It, maybe. I could see Eat It was pretty big. Yeah, Eat It, Eat It probably was his biggest hit. Well, um, the self-titled album in '83 included hits like uh, like Ricky, uh, I Love Rocky Road, which is actually um, produced by Rick Derringer. Of he, uh, he was in the Complete Al. He was, yeah, yeah. It was it was produced by uh, Rick Derringer of Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo fame. I think that I think that was Rick Derringer's big song. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. It also had another one rides the bus and the aforementioned My Bologna. It also had Mr. Frump in the Iron Lung. Oh, was that on the first album? I think it was. Yeah, I didn't want to just list them all, but yeah, oh my goodness. For some reason, I really liked that song when I was a kid. That song is so good, and I, I will I will definitely be touching on that later, I believe. So I, I guess I shouldn't have said definitely. Oh shit. So so uh Weird Al's Billboard history. On the hot one hundred. His uh, top record was White and Nerdy, which re- reached number nine. Gross. Gross. You don't like that song? Oh, I, I guess, yeah, I guess uh, I, should, I should just bring it up right now. I, for whatever reason, I fell off of Weird Al's new releases, starting with like Bad Hair Day. It's because you're an old codger and you don't, you, you don't like any pop, new pop music that the kids are listening to, so you don't identify with it. That was the same conclusion I'd come to, that... You know, starting with Bad Hair Day with uh, Amish Paradise, where it's like I didn't really care for Gangster's Paradise, so I didn't I didn't get into. I didn't really care party. for Madonna either when I was a kid, but I still thought I still really enjoyed Like a Search. I got what he was doing with it. I, I I'd heard the song. Now it is harder when like you hear a Weird Al song and you have no idea what he's parodying. Then it kind of takes some of the joy away from like going, oh, it's this. Uh, that's that's clever. I like that. Where otherwise it's just music. That's kind of funny, but it does, you don't get the parody. You're not in on the joke. Yeah. See, I think I'm okay with that though, because I like Weird Al's originals a lot. So if I don't, if I don't get the tune, you know, as long as, as long as the song is something that, that would appeal to me anyway, then I'm in. Well, yeah, but, but yeah, like you're, you're not hip to the, uh, the music. Yeah. I'm okay with it these days. Uh, cause like the, the novelty of, oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, like yeah, that's not the style of music you would listen to. Like you're not gonna, you're not a big Lady Gaga fan. No. So 
like if you don't if you don't appreciate the parody and you don't like the music, then just the lyrics need to be good enough. Well, yeah, and and to the, keep you interested, the novelty of the parody does carry some weight. But there are just some songs like "Riding Dirty" and "Gangsta's Paradise" where I actively dislike the the style that they are. Hmm. So yeah. so I can't I can't get into it. Like the the Lady Gaga parody, I can appreciate that for what it is. I guess I'm just not that picky about music. Like I'm not a big fan of Gangster's Paradise, but I do like Amish Paradise quite a bit. Yeah. Like uh, I like White and Nerdy. I, I, like especially have you seen the video? No. Oh, the video is solid. Yeah. It's really, it's good. It's got like weird Al dressed like a nerd like doing white guy stuff and like uh makes sense. Waving it like uh really thuggy gangster looking guys. Like it's it's fun. It's a good video. All right, maybe I'll check it out. Uh, that's the other thing about Weird Al. Not only does he parody the music so well, his videos are amazing. Like like they're just genius. They, 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 he does such a good job. Like the the Eat It video. Like I watched that with my kids a little while ago on like a side by side because they'd never seen the original video by Michael Jackson. And, yeah. Uh, so it had like a side by side where it played the audio to Eat It, but had the video from both the videos. Yeah playing and uh it's freaking great like shot for shot he's got all kinds of he's just got some silly thing to throw in for almost every part of it yeah that was something that that i was going to bring up too while while we were talking about um the complete out was that video specifically because growing up i had two musical obsessions weird al and michael jackson yeah i loved michael jackson so much and so the the video for Beat It is very, very familiar to me. It's just, it's a part of, of my, my young memory. It, it won't go away. So watching the video for Eat It last night when he's doing things, you know, like putting his <laughs> fingers on the, on, actually, you know, everything, starting in the bed, then moving to the, to yeah. the bar with the countertop and his fingers on the, uh, on the pool table. And then that little like knee up thing he does. Thing, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so it's so brilliant and so spot on. Like even even the the two main knife fighting guys looked almost identical to the to the ones from the Beat It video. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the attention to detail on just all the small little things and just weird little silly parody things that he throws in. You can tell he's having a lot of fun when he's coming up with what to do with the videos. Oh and, man, and that that part with like the eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it, and then the. <gasps> <laughs> and zooms yeah. up and fogs up the the lens like that's so brilliant they're just, holding on to the to the rubber chicken when they're doing the the knife yeah, they fight, got their forks fork out. and spoon yeah yeah well, yeah and just and just little shit like the you know they're all walking there and like the ones like waiting for the bus yeah the bus doesn't show up and shit and or the door roll up door doesn't open all the way and they gotta like curl under it just <laughs> s- silly little things like that that are just they compound on each other and i like i had to show um, cause we, uh, we watched the complete owl with my kids yesterday and, uh, they, they'd never heard of Devo. Yeah. And so they saw the dare to be stupid video and they're like, why? Like, that was weird. Why would it do this and that? And I was like, oh, you know, he's parodying Devo. You've never, so I made him watch a few Devo videos and like, okay, I got it. We get it now. Cause he was parodying like four different videos in that music video. Just Devo in general. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was just a in general Devo parody. Yeah, you know, there there were certain songs that that he had that, you know, I, I don't know if it was because the artist wouldn't give uh give him permission or if it was just something he wanted to do, but there are songs that were that were very specifically like this band, you know, style. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I made I made favorites. note of some of those. Prince was somebody who would never give his permission 
to uh to let Weird Al parody him because oh, Weird Al too much artistic integrity. Yeah, yeah. Weird Al would would always ask permission. It was it was like I think that's really cool. You know that that he didn't have to parodies. You know, covered by law. Yeah, it's a really legit thing for him to to reach out even at the even early on where like he's some nobody. Like now he's Weird Al. Yeah. Like I imagine some people are like, no shit, you want to parody one of my songs? Fuck yeah, that would be awesome. That's how I'd feel about it. I'd let him. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so um, I was listening to the album uh, Alapalooza earlier, and Traffic Jam came on. And I remember that song very well. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't remember that, uh, that it is totally a Prince song. Really? Like, I, I gotta oh, go back man. and listen to it. Go back and listen to it. It is such a Prince song. It's ridiculous. Um, then we've got the song You Make Me. Um, that is absolutely an Oingo Boingo yeah, song. Yeah, definitely. It uh, it super parodies the song uh, "Gray Matter" with uh, with its like xylophone background doo, 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 stuff. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, and um, that's a good song. I haven't li- heard that one in a long time. Oh man, I really like that song a lot. I'll I'll, I'll talk about that later too. Um, the song "Velvet Elvis" is totally a police, police. song. Yeah, yep, definitely. And which is weird because he had already parodied the police before with "The King of Suede." So I'm not sure if the police both are Elvis related. No kidding. <laughs> I never even thought about that. Well, and then one more minute is definitely like an Elvis parody. Oh yeah, it's a it's like a yeah the the doo wop style. Yeah, and then uh, the Mr. Popeil is a B-52s song. Definitely, yeah. All right. Sorry for that. It's uh, probably got a few more in there too, but absolutely, especially some of the, the some of the newer stuff. Where like I, I, like I said, I'm not hip to new music, so uh, yeah, you wouldn't get it. Yeah, I may not even understand the reference, unfortunately. Which is it, it's cool that he's able at almost sixty now to still kind of have his finger on that pulse. Yeah, but I guess it's kind of part of his job. Yeah, yeah, he and his band are fantastic at, at what they do, which is picking apart songs and recreating them yeah i didn't realize he hadn't he hasn't put an album out for a while like actually i looked back at his like his album release is like once every three to four years well yeah it's weird in the in the early days he released something almost every year like yeah so, so he had he had the self-titled album in uh 83 and then in 84 he had uh in 3d which had songs like like we talked about king of suede eat it um, songs like I Lost on Jeopardy. Did have Frank's 10,000 inch TV on that? No, that, that was on Alapalooza. Was that that on was Alapalooza? much later. Yeah. yeah. Um, it had the theme from Rocky 13, which is also known as the Rye or the Kaiser. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I love that. And then in 85, he did the complete Al. So I guess that wasn't exactly an album, but um, he in 85, he did the Dare to Be Stupid album. Yeah. Oh, shit. And then 86, he did Poker Party. So yeah. his, his first several years were very productive. But then after that, he gets into a pretty solid rhythm of every three to four years. Yeah. So, so we should be due for another one because I think the last one came out in uh, Mandatory Fun, I think it was, came out in 2014. Yep. Uh, just on the timeline, touching on the complete owl. So it is a mockumentary uh, telling his his short life then. You know, he was only 25 then and he's already doing like a, a biopic mockumentary. 
Did you watch the trailer for it before? Um, I did not watch the trailer for it. Dude, the trailer seemed like it was like five minutes long. Like I was sitting there with Angelina and she's like, well, you've seen the movie. I was like, yeah, it was the trailer was great. Like it took me back. Um, this this movie was a very low budget. Like it looks like a like a TV documentary um, from the mid 80s. I remember watching it as a kid at, again, our friend Daniel's house and just laughing my balls off. Oh yeah, same here. I remember I, I had very fond memories from my childhood about this movie because it was it until recently, like until you mentioned it was on Amazon. I haven't seen it in years because it's not like made any. It's not available. No, like you can't find it on DVD. I remember someone when I was in like shortly after high school had a VHS of it, but like who has a VHS? Who had a VHS player? Yeah, yeah. And there there were there were several times where I found it online on DVD, like a transfer. And, you know, it was always like 20, 25 bucks and I wanted to see it, but just not quite enough to put the money down on it. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to watch it before this. Like it, it I'm so happy that I stumbled across it because, um, you know, I mean, it's not fantastic, but like you said earlier, it's worth the watch. It's slow times. It has some really good, solid, funny parts in it, but it is, which is, is something that uh, as far as a lot of weird owl TV stuff is kind of about right. Whereas a lot of it is not that funny. Yeah. But there's parts that are genuinely quite funny. Yeah. Like there were times where I laughed out loud sitting there watching it by myself with headphones on. And, and I'm, I'm not one that for, for whatever reason, like I can find something hilarious, but I'll just, I'll laugh on the inside. Um, when, when I'm watching a movie, but when a movie makes me laugh out loud, like yeah. that, that's when Success. I know it's great. Yeah. Well, and like there was just little things that you catch in the background here and there too. That like like this, the part where it was showing his like face on all the magazine covers. Yes. And he was on Ebony, and the caption was <laughs> "Weird Al, the next best thing to being black." Yes. I was like, Holy I love shit. that so much. I actually had to, I had to pause it and go back so I could <laughs> take a note of that. Well, yeah. That's, oh that's yeah. Fucking funny. And then also Playgirl right after that. Oh man. And that, that's where that movie really shined brightest was those little moments. Cause there were times when it went into like super story mode with his manager and it just dragged. It was so slow. The guy wasn't funny. Um, I mean, there was the scene where he went to, to Michael Jackson's place to ask permission oh. to make eat it. And that, that was the scene that I remembered most from yeah. a kid. You know, I remember with, the chimp like, dropping down on him specifically from when I was again. I remember like laughing so hard that I almost peed my pants. <laughs> yeah, when that and, happened. And it, it's it's like it's out of a horror movie. Just the sound design was was so much uh, <laughs> better than the rest of the movie. And that just it was creepy. It was eerie. Michael Jackson sitting in a in the dark. <laughs> it's like a backlit in a chair and shit. Yeah, stone faced. I'd totally forgotten the part about where he just like holds. A the thing of meat out and a tiger comes up and eats it and then <laughs> <Yeah>. walks away. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. And then that, that thumb going up and down like that. It was exactly like I remembered it. Oh man, that was brilliant. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, going back to the sound design as he's walking down the corridor towards Michael Jackson's throne, he's wearing tennis shoes and he's on a rug, but it's still making that like clackety clack <laughs> sound of like, you know, like so, somebody fancy walking. shoes on yeah. stone. Yeah. It was, uh, oh man, it was great. Um, and then another thing I wanted to touch on before we move from it 
is Weird Al's got this thing that uh, we'll discuss as we as we go through, but he's got this thing with weird food. Yes, he does. In this, he decides to make a sandwich that is ice cream, carrots, Twinkies, and mustard on whole wheat bread. Did it have Twinkies in it? Yes. Because I made a note of that also. Yeah. It was during the really prolonged Al TV section. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, I, I can only imagine like they made the movie and they're like, shit, we're 20 minutes short. And they're like, all right, well, I got all this Al TV stuff that I've made for MTV. How about we just stick a bunch of that in there? Yeah. Because it had like no real bearing on the story other than let's fill time. Yeah. And it filled a lot <laughs> oh, of man, time. It went on. Like I remember LTV from when I was a kid um, coming on MTV every once in a while. See, I didn't have cable when I was a kid, so I never had MTV. Oh, and, yeah. And I, I, I had no I idea MTV. that like when I was watching that movie last night, I wasn't certain Al TV was a real thing. Like I knew the weird Al Yankovic show existed, but Oh no, Al TV was definitely a real thing. Like it was like an hour long special that would come on every few years. Apparently like I looked it up after that. Apparently he did one as recently as 2006. Holy shit. It was the last time he did an Al TV on MTV, which is shocking because MTV blows now. Yeah. I wonder if he put music videos on it like he did on his older ones, you know, or if he was parodying current MTV at the time that had stopped playing music videos. Yeah, no shit, right? I mean, he. Pro- I mean, and he had some stuff that he could have played too. I mean, he still had, you know, he had contemporary things to put on uh, MTV. Yeah. But yeah. W- one thing that my kids were shocked about when they watched it was the Jeopardy set from the "I Lost on Jeopardy" video. Oh yeah, old Jeopardy. Yeah, because they'd only seen New Jeopardy with Alex Trebek, so they had a. Uh, they obviously had no idea who uh, what's his art something or other. I can't remember. I am super spacing on it and I didn't take a note of it. I just remember them talking, you know, in the song, talking to Don Pardo, you know, announcing what he did not win. But uh, art, something with an F, maybe. I don't remember. Um, I never really watched that Jeopardy. I mean, like I saw it on reruns on Game Show Network and stuff. Was yeah. All. Yeah. But that was still before our uh, our logical thinking time. Yeah. But, but I looked at it, but I looked it up and uh that video debuted like two months before Jeopardy came back on the air with Alex Trebek. Because oh. Jeopardy had been canceled back in 1979. Oh, shit, really? And then he did that song in 84 and Jeopardy came back. So if you like Jeopardy, you should thank Weird Al for making it happen. <laughs> the show would have been an abject failure if he had made a parody song about it. Yeah. All right, so moving from uh, The Complete Al, we talked about how in 1985 he had the Dare to be Stupid album. 86, he had Poker Party, which was, I mean, as far as I know, that album is all all accordion-based polka songs, and I didn't really recognize any titles at all. Like, I don't remember listening to that album at all growing up. Yeah, me neither. And then in 1988, uh, he released Even Worse. Yeah. And that, that cover is so great, that parody cover of... Uh, of uh, bad oh yeah fat no 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 the uh sorry or, the the cover of the album uh oh, it, how yes. it, was, it was a parody of the of the bad album cover yeah. yeah where he's got the like leather straps and all that shit on yeah yeah that i mean and again being a huge michael jackson fan like you know it it is it is exactly that like it's in, it's insane the fat video is also a, a, an amazing parody oh my goodness of yes the bad video even, it even has like a little intro yeah yeah you think you're fat <laughs> and that that was that was the beginning of the of the long running uh love affair with the fat suit with weird al like he's he still does it in his live shows like last i'd seen 
it's an awesome fat suit. Yeah. That thing is super cool. Like his face looks so fat and fairly real. Yeah, so that that album had songs like Fat. Uh, it had the parody song, This Song is Just Six Words Long. Um, it had I Think I'm a Clone Now. Um, it had Lasagna, uh, Velvet Elvis, and one of my favorites, Good Old Days. Oh, yeah. I haven't thought of that song in a long time. Oh, really? That's a good song. I don't know if I've ever gone a long time without thinking about that song. <laughs> um, so that brings us to 1989 with what was his next movie? UHF? Oh, yes, it was. Oh, fuck yeah, UHF. Holy his, crap. His magnum opus. Yeah. UHF is such a brilliant piece of slapstick humor. Oh, shit. It's got, like, I love Michael Richards' character in that, yep. too. Yep, Stanley like, Spadowski. Yep. My mop. <laughs> left me, left me like a, or what did he say? Threw me out like a sack of moldy tangerines. I still use that expression, and I think there's been maybe like one out of a hundred oh. times that I've used it that somebody has actually understood where it comes from. And I had the always was a bad guy in '80s movie. Yeah, being the bad guy. I, I have no idea what that guy's name is. I feel but I remember bad him I from it. so many movies when I was a kid being the bad guy because he was just he was so good at it. Yeah, he died recently, um, but yeah, he played R.J. Fletcher. Yeah. Uh, the station manager. I care about as much about this town as I do a festering bowl of dog snot. <laughs> and I love how, you know, one of his, uh, one of his station lackeys are, is in there wearing this goofy hat. He's a mustachioed, uh, guy. He's just wearing this, this silly cowboy hat with like a raccoon tail hanging off the side or something. It's got a big old, <laughs> uh, medallion on the front. And as he's leaving the office, he's like, and take that ridiculous thing off. And the guy looks all sad and he peels the mustache off his face. <laughs> uh, that movie is just full of gems. Oh, yeah. And that, that's that's it's along the line of movies like like Airplane and Naked Gun. You know, just just those off the wall little little jabs like, like you were talking about in the in the background of The Complete Owl. Just those little tiny things that. That they don't serve the story at all, but they are absolutely important to the overall feeling. The thing that he likes to do with like weird little parody things and stuff that doesn't really match well with a story, like he managed to pack it in well because it was about a TV station, so they could have like the Conan the lar Librarian oh, yeah. bit and stuff in there, and it doesn't seem way out of place because it's something that's playing on his TV station. Yeah, it's just a bit. It opens with a with a parody of one of my favorite movies, with the uh, a parody of the opening scene to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, you know where he where he cracks the whip and the guy's arm falls off. Yep. Kevin McCarthy, by the way, is the name of that angry gentleman. Oh, oh, good. Does not like dog snot. <laughs> or the town, I guess. Or the town. Yeah, he, he cares about as much about you know, either one. I mean, maybe he loves uh, dog snot, especially festering <laughs> bowls of them, <laughs> yes. and he really loves the town. He just doesn't know how to express well, himself. What he eats for breakfast every day. <laughs> Big festering bowl of dog snot. Yeah, let's see. Some of the other shows they have on that is uh, the game show Wheel of Fish. Um, they have the the classic commercial for Spatula City. Spatula City. Spatula, Spatula City. City. <laughs> I love their spatulas so much. I bought the company. He's like, clearly you can see his eyeballs moving. Oh, so going back to the, uh, to the food thing. So in this one, they have, Oh yes. The Twinkie, the Twinkie Wiener, Wiener sandwich. sandwich. We did not rehearse that. 
No, um, we've, no need. <laughs> yeah, we've no been saying need. it for years. And I, I didn't have to take note on what was on this one. So he, oh, no. he, he takes a Twinkie. He cuts it in, in, uh, down the middle. He puts a hot dog in it, squirts easy cheese on it, and then dips, dips it in, in milk, milk and takes a big old bite of it. Have you ever tried a Twinkie wiener sandwich, John? I think I have. I'm pretty sure I did it in college. Really? Yeah. How was it? Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, that makes I'm, sense. Well, I mean, I guess I can't say that. That's not fair because if I'm saying I think I tried it, then I can't certainly say, oh, yeah, it was absolute. Okay, hold on. Let me just. Would you like to be certain, John? Why? Do you have the ingredients? I, on my way here, home from work today, bought a can of Easy Cheese. Oh. Bought a box of Twinkies. I got some hot dogs. And I've got some milk, so <laughs> I think it's only fair that we eat us some Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. Oh, fuck. That is some next level production value there. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we'll take this opportunity to take a quick commercial break, folks. Hi, hon. Hard day at work? Oh, don't even ask. Hey, what's for dinner? I'm making roast beef. What do you want with it? Potatoes? Green beans? How about bananas? Bananas? You can't have bananas with roast beef. Now you can. Huh? Introducing new Silly Choice Dinners, the new line of dinners where any dinner you desire is possible, like roast beef and bananas. Bananas? Or fried chicken and pancakes. Pancakes? My goal in creating Silly Choice Dinners was to make available the dinners that I wanted to eat. I love them, and I think you will too. Try all 15 varieties of Silly Choice dinners, like grilled salmon and pancakes. Pancakes? Again? You've got two dinners with pancakes? Or spaghetti and rubber bands. Rubber bands? You can't have rubber bands for dinner. Yes, you can with Silly Choice. Silly Choice dinners, now in your grocer's freezer. Welcome back, folks. We are currently... Putting together our Twinkie Wiener Sandwiches. If the echo level has gone up, it's because we removed the blanket between, uh... Okay. That's the sound of the Twinkie wrappers opening up here. Yeah, I got these at Target today, and I was, uh... It took me a while to find everything, and I got legitimately concerned that, A, Twinkies didn't exist anymore, because I know they went out of... Hostess went out of business a while ago. Yeah. Also, I was... I found myself very concerned with the fact that, uh... Target might be too classy to carry easy cheese, <laughs> but they didn't, or they, they, no. they weren't. They did carry it. Oh uh, yeah. There you go. There's the knife for you to slice your Twinkie open. Oh yes. Well, that's a warm knife. It was sitting next to the hot dogs or the wieners. <laughs> we got Oscar Mayer, all beef wieners. Don't judge. Classic. All right. Slip my wiener in here. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a, a hot wiener and a nice smooth Twinkie. You know, I remember in the movie his wiener sticking out of the Twinkie on either end. These are small fucking hot dogs. These Oscar Mayer wieners are short. <laughs> no one ever said Oscar Mayer was a generous lover. <laughs> oh man, these things How does smell. This work, I don't even know. Why are you kidding me? Like it just, oh, God, it, do, it doesn't even make a satisfying noise. It just oozes out. Oh. oh, that's Ben dealing with easy cheese. He clearly did not grow up in, e in an easy cheese household. Oh, I did not. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that line there. 
Oh, I know all about Easy Cheese. All right, so we've got our, our cups of milk here, and uh, I think it's I think it's time to time to do this. Here we all go right. with the dip. Oh god, my hot dog almost fell out. Hold on. Yeah, you got to hold it. Oh boy. Oh yum. Honestly, it's not that bad. It's really not. I'm gonna say, like, <laughs> the flavors actually go together reasonably well. Like, I like the whole thing more than I like just the cheese. Yeah. It's got <laughs> oh, sweet man. and savory and whatever the fuck American cheese tastes like. It sounded so disgusting in my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Our poor listeners. I mean, I'm going to eat some more. I'll probably cut out the sound, but. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to eat the whole thing. <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad. <laughs> hmm. yeah. I don't think I'll add it to my menu no maybe things i eat regularly but uh maybe just freak somebody out like when somebody comes over like actually make a twinkie wiener wiener sandwich what (laughs) they'll be watching you not thinking you're gonna go through with it well i'm I'm, i gotta say i'm genuinely surprised this is not (laughs) what i expected Yeah, I did not think I was going to finish that. No, no, that's yeah. that's ridiculous. Want a second one? No, no, thank <laughs> you. But mostly just because I'm I'm worried about what my stomach's going to do with those wieners. And not well, smaller than the wieners you're used to, huh, John? <laughs> well, I got to say, I think Weird Al's onto something. Maybe we need to try those ice cream, carrots, mustard on whole wheat sandwiches. Maybe not. No, I'm good. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that that's good. But if you had all of the ingredients here, like after after this experience, I would try it. I know I, it, it makes me kind of curious here. Yeah, something I started to wonder as after I took the bite and it wasn't bad is that I wonder if that was just like a snack that he one day discovered was good, and everybody thought it was disgusting. And he's like, I'm going to put this in the movie. How would you one day discover that was good? How would like how out of food would you have to be to be like, well, maybe I can. I don't have hot dog buns, but maybe I could stick it in a Twinkie. And I'm out of I'm out of mustard, so Easy Cheese is kind of colored like mustard. You know, with with the imagination of Weird Al, <laughs> I'm not shocked that that he that he would have come up with something like that because it still it looks like a hot dog. Yeah, the yeah, dipping it in milk thing totally. is is the most off the wall thing about that. Like that's the, that's the one, that's the thing in that whole nonsensical mess that makes the least sense. He pours the milk and then dips it in it, and you're like, oh god, yeah. But uh, I don't I don't think the milk detracted from the flavor at all. No, no, it 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 works with the Twinkie and the cheese, and that <laughs> that's so bizarre. And I really appreciate you bringing that into my life. Now I really wonder if you did try one previously, because you remembered it being so gross. Yeah, no kidding. Wow, there we go. So that's one of one of the basic uh, tenets when we started this podcast was to talk about things that we loved that were geeky, and to also experience new things. So with the help of you and Weird Al, we did both in this same episode. Yeah, and I, and I think I can honestly recommend to all of our listeners... 
go out and try a Twinkie Wiener sandwich. Yeah, absolutely. It's not nearly as bad as you think it is. Yeah. So just to just to round out the rest of our little history segments, so we can move on with the rest. Um, Nineteen ninety two, uh, he had the uh, the album Off the Deep End, um, which had hits like Smells Like Nirvana, The White Stuff, and I Can't Watch This. Um, Nineteen ninety three was Alapalooza, and this album was or is I guess this album is important to me because this was the first album that I remember releasing and buying new. You know, when when we were kids. Preston gave that album to me for my birthday. I think it was the first Weird Al album that I owned on CD. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and I, um, I remember this album. So we, we mentioned earlier it had the song Frank's 2000-inch TV, which holds a special place in my heart because in fifth grade, fifth grade or sixth grade? I, oh, no, well, I think it was sixth grade. We were in um, sixth grade, yeah. We, we had a, uh, a school performance uh, called Tall Tales and Heroes, and it was a little musical performance. We had to audition for parts. Yeah, I remember that. I was Pecos Bill. Yeah, I was John Henry. Um, for all the listeners out there, I am a white, white, white man. You're tall, at least. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we had one, maybe two black kids in class, and I don't think either one of them wanted to be John Henry. And I don't think I don't think school was progressive enough back then. Um, I don't think it is now either. To... Well, I think they were progressive enough to not put you in blackface. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. They're like, yeah, his name is John. He's tall and nobody else will do it. So he is John Henry. Um, I, I sang Frank's 2000 inch TV for my audition. I sang it in front of the class and I was embarrassed. And, uh, do you remember what song you sang? I did not sing one. What? Yep. I didn't audition. I didn't want to be in the play. And Pecos Bill was the last open thing and, uh, everyone had to be in the play. So I was Pecos Bill. Oh shit. I would have gone for Pecos Bill. I remember our buddy Preston saying, I think it was Preston saying Yoda. And then Daniel yeah. also sang something from, that was Weird Al. But we all sang Weird Al because we were all huge Weird Al fans. I mean, I might have sung something. If I did, it was probably Weird Al. But I remember distinctly not wanting to be in the play. Yeah. But we had to be. Man, and it, it, had, a, it, had, other, uh, <clears throat> it had other tunes like uh, Jurassic Park, which I listened to earlier and is still a fantastic song. I did not know until like earlier this year that that was a parody of an actual song. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, MacArthur's Park or... Uh, uh, yeah. MacArthur Park, maybe? Yeah, maybe MacArthur or McCarthy. I, yeah, I actually don't know the name of it, but yeah, it's, it's about a cake. Yeah, and the only reason I found out about it because I was in Home Depot and I heard the original song. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? And they're playing Weird Al in Home Depot? Well, that's what I thought. And then I like, listened to it and I'm like, well, this isn't Jurassic Park. What's going on? Yeah, you're saying the sweet icing is running down? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, this is an actual song. Never knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I only knew it because my dad knew the original song. So, uh, so he called that out when I was a kid. Um, it also had Bedrock Anthem, which was kind of a, a yeah. medley of a couple Red Hot Chili Peppers songs. Yabba dabba, um, yabba dabba, yabba doo now. <laughs> and, and it had Bohemian Polka, which was a polka take of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, then from there, you had 1996's Bad Hair Day, 1999's Running With Scissors, 2003's Poodle Hat, 2009's Straight Outta Linwood, 2011's Alpocalypse and 2014's Mandatory Fun. If there's any songs in there that you would like to speak to, 
um, feel free. But uh, clearly it was with the Bad Hair Day album, like we mentioned earlier, where I sort of dropped off the 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 new release train. I've always listened to the old albums, um, but I, I never bought oh, another new some, one. He's got some good stuff on there. Like I wasn't a big fan of the uh, the Jedi song. Yeah, the American Pie uh, one. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I, I liked Amish Paradise. Yeah. Um, on his on the latest album, the Mandatory Fun, he's got some good stuff on there. He's got the Word Crimes, you know, kind of parroting. I think Alan Thick is that his name? The, the oh yeah, yeah, Word Lines, yeah. Ah, uh, I like that one quite a bit. And then he did a Crosby, Stills, and Nash for old fogies like you uh, parody, <laughs> um, all about like corporate buzzwords. Oh, and I think that was Robin Thick. Robin Thick, yes. R.I.P. Uh, Alan Thick. Yeah, Alan Thick was well, he wasn't he like the dad from. Growing pains. Growing pains. Yep. Yeah. He was also a uh, game did, show host himself. He did not have a pop hit recently. No. Oh, man. I, I do love that. He that, didn't that, have that a pulse un- recently. Oh. <laughs> so. oh. Show got dark. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he, I, I don't know. I still like his newer stuff quite a bit. But not, I mean, it doesn't hold like the nostalgia, you know, pining for my younger years that the old stuff does. Yeah. So, um, what's your earliest memory with some with some Weird Al? Like I mentioned earlier, I think it was is hearing Weird Al on Doctor Demento, and then getting um, the Weird Al Yankovic self titled album yeah. on cassette tape, and just listening to it one side after the other, over and over and over again. That's so funny because my my earliest memory too is like I don't remember where I got it. I wonder. I mean, I wonder if I got it from you, but. I, I can't say for certain, but it is the the first album cassette oh. doing the exact same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I listened. I knew every single second of that album by heart. Yeah. Still do. I, w- I would lay odds. I bet I could put it on now and sing along to every single one of those songs. I did it. <laughs> you, I, I imagine you you totally can. And like like Ricky, you know, like I didn't know the Mickey song beyond the uh, the chorus. You know, just just the the oh Mickey, you're so fine part. Mm-hmm. But like even even at that age, I knew I knew I love Lucy well enough to get what they were doing, and, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and had, it, it was hilarious. <laughs> I'd seen plenty of I love Lucy, and then of course, like we were talking about, another one rides the bus, like making those fart noises for to to go along yeah. with the beat, and like when when he, when he does that that breakdown cuz in in another in another one bites the dust it's such a uh, it's such a big thing you know after after that the breakdown when it goes into the uh you know when it builds back up yeah. into the regular and does a hey <laughs> but in the weird out one i remember i still remember the first time i heard him just i'm going to step away from the mic so so it so it doesn't blow uh the the mic out but just, you know the you know oh man like i i i busted up so hard when i first heard that and like listening to it uh earlier today it still holds that same uh, amount of hilarity to me um, and then, of course, uh, the the simplicity uh, and the the beauty of Mister Frump and oh, his iron lung. Yeah, th- I think that was my f- favorite song on the album when I was a kid. Yeah, it was so hilarious when you when you realize what's going on, you know, just, and how they how they tie the iron lung into the little beat, and and then yeah, w- spoiler alert when he dies in the end. Um, and then I would be remiss if I didn't mention I got a boogie. Oh my goodness. I remember when when we we uh we covered that one time back in the old Garage Band yeah, days. Yeah, totally did. 
when uh, when we would record onto a oh, onto a cassette. Track. Yeah. Um, man, that was great. Can't shake it up. Yeah. Uh, 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 it's a, a kick it off. A groove sure song. Ain't gonna lick it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. So I guess I'm gonna have to learn to live with it. I got a book. Oh yeah. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good ass song. Wait, why are you stopping there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's super grooving, and it's it's about trying to get rid of a booger. Like something we can all relate. Yeah, to. of course yeah. I fell in love with that. S- speaks to the deeper humanity in all of us. <laughs> so if I had to put uh, one word onto uh, Weird Al, like I, I was I was looking for the the right word, even though several words suffice, and I'm not sure that this even is the best one, but. It's this one or a synonym of it. I decided to go with zany. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's solid. Yeah, there like there, there's a reason you know Weird Al appealed to to ten year old me. Like he he is he's the embodiment of musical hilarity. You know, he it's he's got clever lyrics, um, uses fart noises for beats. You know, and um, you know, like we were talking about earlier with with uh, different songs and different genres and stuff. Like I've I've never super pigeonholed myself into into one genre. You know, like certainly there's there's ones I like more. Like I, I think everyone knows that I'm the classic rock guy or whatever. But it's always like the individual song that that appeals to me. You know, like like I don't I don't just because I liked a song by a band doesn't mean I like everything the band does, and vice versa. Like a band that I, that I like could do a certain style that I don't care for, but they do it well. So I, so I love that song. So I appreciated the, uh, the variety in his music, you know, that, that he can make a hilarious song out of any genre clearly from earlier, you know, it doesn't, there, there, there are exceptions. Yeah. It's just, it's a zany, nutty, screwball, goofy, hilarious time. Yeah, but none of those exceptions are, he did a bad job. Correct. They're, you just, they're not to your liking. Yes. And that, that's why my, my one word for Weird Al is mad genius, Ooh, which wait. is hyphenated. I'm certain of it this time. That's uh, not one word. You can hyphenate mad genius. I don't know if you can. What? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a good friend of uh, Merriam-Webster and <laughs> fine, hyphenate whatever you want. Uh, but that he just everything he does, he does so well. Like I, I just, it's, it's kind of mind boggling to me. Like a lot of the time stuff kind of falls apart and it, like, like you said, there's some songs that I don't like as much as others, but it's not because he didn't do it well. It's because I just don't like that yeah, as much, you know? And yeah, that's fair. And it, in between his video, you know, his, his music videos are almost better than his songs because <laughs> they're just so well thought out and uh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're well produced. Yeah, they're well produced. They they've got just got all kinds of little minute details in them a lot of the time that you uh that you don't notice the first first pass through and like once you watch the actual videos of whatever he's parodying, it is like he like he puts a lot of work into it being an authentic parody. Yes. of both the song and the video. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like that uh the the Beverly Hillbillies video yeah. from UHF. Like it it is so spot on like a parody of uh of money for nothing yeah yeah and it's just it's like not all of his tv shows and stuff really panned out like i said being all that funny all the time but uh he gave it his all man the guy does not uh i don't think he embarrasses easily 
He, no, no, he, yeah. he doesn't have much shame. No, yeah, he's he's willing to fucking put it all out there and uh, try something, and if it doesn't work, oh well, who cares? Yeah, uh, but so much of it works that uh, it's it's a okay with me. <laughs> Agreed. So, what if Ben? What if uh, what if Weird Al lost his mojo, like we were talking about? What if he lost the ability to create parody songs anymore, and you received a call from him one day? He needs your help. What do you do? Uh, whatever he needs me to. He needs you to write songs. Oh. And and his <laughs> his legacy depends on it. <laughs> he has fallen way off the wagon. Poor guy. He's dipping deep into the barrel of don't have any good ideas left. Uh, I mean, I would do everything I could. Uh, I would I would relish the chance to try and work with him on trying to come up with something. You would I'd, rise to the challenge? Uh, I can't say I would do it. I can't say for certain I would do it well, but I would certainly give it my all. Nice. That was sort of the the question. Like I was, I couldn't decide if you would, if you would, uh, if it would be overwhelming. You know, if it'd be like, oh no, I can't, I can't do that. Wish him the best. Oh, there's no way I'd turn him down. I'm not gonna turn Weird Al away. <laughs> He's always been there for me. See, I don't know. Like I, I, I might. I might even feel like the pressure would be too great. Be like, I, I, I couldn't stand to see you know, my, my hero's legacy get tarnished by me or to see the disappointed look on his face when he hears my lyrics that are inevitably going to be subpar. Hey, by the time he's coming to me to save his legacy, um, I got a feeling that I'm going to see him fall regardless. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I'll, I'll do what I can to help. Can't guarantee I'll do, do it well, but I, I would be, I would be stoked for the chance. So normally we have uh, we have a segment that's called our, our favorite use in pop culture. It's kind of hard to, at least for me, to think about you know what my favorite use of Weird Al in pop culture is because he he is he defines a segment of pop culture. Yeah, he uh, he is like the paragon of what he does, and and no one else. I mean, there's a few other people that do bits and pieces here and there, but they're like so far. I, they're just it's not no one is in the, is playing the same game as he is yeah it's almost like like there are genres of music like there's rock there's heavy metal there's rap country like you if there were other artists doing what he does it would almost be like you know how good is this artist in the weird al genre you know since you named off those i'm kind of curious can you think of any like country songs that he's parodied yeah uh achy breaky song on uh i believe that was on alapalooza Oh yeah, but that uh, might be about it though. Like he doesn't he doesn't dip dip too deep into country. No, and and he, he must not be comfortable with it. I think I think he did a, a Garth Brooks one. I can't remember why. Well, it makes I'm sense because Garth Brooks was fucking huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know some of his originals are um, are country style, but uh, more on that shortly. So I decided for my for my favorite use in pop culture. Um, I decided to, to forego the, uh, the, the peak albums or like his role in UHF. So what I chose was the theme from spy hard. So for, (laughs) for those who, who haven't seen spy hard first, uh, shame on you. Um, go watch it right now. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but track it down. It's a Leslie Nielsen parody movie. Um, again, along, along the lines of your, uh, your naked guns and your airplanes, um, it's spoofing the uh, the spy movie genre. 
So Weird Al does the uh, the opening theme song that he also shows up in. Apparently, he also directed the uh, the title sequence. I, I totally believe that. Yeah, I love it. It's all James Bond, like total James Bond parody. Yeah, like those old uh, shit. I can't remember who the who the guy that uh, that did the, those James Bond. Yeah, with all opening the sil- silhouettes and people like swimming underwater and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. oh man, I feel like an asshole because when I listen to James Bonding, they they talk about him often enough to where. I should remember the name, but you know, whereas like the, the James Bond movies have like sexy lady silhouettes where you're looking for a nip and you get one every once in a while. Now that they're on Blu-ray, um, this one has like, like, I, I, I just remember like the silhouette of, of a big fat lady sw- swimming along and farting <laughs> and like, man, you know, and, and, and his song being a takeoff of like the, the, the Tom Jones or Shirley Bassey. Yeah old uh, songs and then in the end how he he holds that note so long you know he like looks at his watch i think and then eventually his head turns purple and explodes and that's that's how the title sequence ends so that that's probably my favorite out, outside of like the weird owl projects in contention for my favorite weird owl song is uh also made for a movie um, the movie johnny dangerously oh yeah i know where this is going uh with uh this is the life oh yeah uh, and that is, uh, I just fucking love that song. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah, kind of swingy. The, yeah, it's a good movie too. Yes, yeah, it's I, a fun movie. I I never watched it growing up. I always wanted to, and and I watched it probably two or three years ago for the first time, and I oh, I really? never realized just how slapstick that was. Oh God, yeah. I mean, it it is in the same vein with you know Airplane and uh, Top Secret. Yeah, that oh, kind of stuff. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely there, and it it's a good movie. Yeah, what was it like? Uh, Fargan ice holes. <laughs> yep, those Fargan ice holes. Michael Keaton in it. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, I love that song. The just yeah, was it? You're dead for a real long time. You can't prevent it. So if money can't buy happiness, I guess I'll have to rent it. Yeah, that also was not rehearsed. That's uh, yeah, that's in contention for one of my favorite Weird Al songs and. So as you're talking about movie titles, yeah, there's that one. Uh huh. Um, I, yeah, I was kind of thinking more along the lines of like what my fa- kind of trying to figure out what my favorite Weird Al song was, which is really difficult. Yes, because there's just there's so many of them that I love so much. Anyway, so uh, but I came to the conclusion my uh, my favorite song and what has been my favorite song through mo at least since I was aware of it and on and off is uh, Dare to be Stupid. I absolutely love Dare to be Stupid. Oh, yeah. I know earlier you mentioned you don't like it that much. Nope. I am a Devo fan to start with, and uh, it is a solid Devo cover. Yeah. Or a Devo homage. In the style of Devo. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, I saw somewhere on VH1 years ago, I think it was on a pop-up. No, not a pop-up video. One of those ones where they have like people come on, like semi-famous people and talk about things. VH1 does a lot of those. Okay. But they had Mark Mothersbaugh and uh, they were doing, it was some show about Weird Al. And uh, he mentioned that like the first time he heard that song, he was jealous because it was, you know, pretty much exactly the song he'd been trying to write for years. <laughs> and it sounded, it sounded more like D, like what he wanted Devo to sound like than Devo sounded like. Yeah. Weird Al out Devo Devo. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that he just had, you know, a lot of respect for Weird Al for pulling that off. And uh, the video is uh, fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I like that song. It, it makes me happy every time I hear it. 
Well, while we're on the subject of lists, it's time for a ranking list. So, uh, so you you love ranking lists, right? Oh, they're my favoriteest thing in the world. Yeah, that's why we should you, just that's do a show you, purely devoted to ranking lists. We should. Let's do one every day and let's put it on YouTube. And uh, <laughs> more people watch it than this. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, it'd probably be easier to to get the word out. Uh, well, my my list this week is the top five favorite original songs. And I realized as I was going through this that I couldn't just make you know like a top ten list. So I've I also have some uh, honorable mentions on here. These are songs that are all original Weird Al songs, as far as I know. If it's uh, if it's a parody, then I don't know it and call me out on it. So yeah. So when you say original, are you refer? So like, would Dare to Be Stupid count as an original song, even though he's 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 parodying parody parodying a band as a whole? Does that count as an original? It would still be an original song, yes, because it's not. I'm I'm talking about direct parodies of songs. You know, you couldn't put "Living in the Fridge" on there. "Eat It" couldn't be on there. Yeah, "Fat" yeah, yeah, could yeah. not be on there. Where yeah, where he's coming up with melodies and everything all on it. Well, more or less all on his own. With yes. inspiration from whatever. Yeah, because he's so, got because he's got a number of like actual originals that I don't think are directly parodying anything. Oh yeah, and and I think most of these are direct originals. Um, we'll see as we go. So my honorable mention list. I've actually got. Oh shit, there is five on there. Um, so we've talked about... Just making a top ten list. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to just expand the list, but yeah, I guess. Um, so we have Mr. Frump in his Iron Lung. Then we have Melanie. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the story of, of, a, <laughs> yes. of an obsessed dude uh, and his, his crush on a girl named Melanie. And uh, spoiler alert, he kills himself, but somehow writes the song afterwards. Um, then there's also the song we refer or we already talked about called "Got a Boogie," and I'm you know I, it may be a surprise that that's not in the top five for me, but um, I, I I had to I had to be cutthroat about it. Um, then there's the song "Nature Trail to Hell." Yeah, it's so cinematic, and the the production quality on it is great. Did he make a video for that? I not as far as I know, because I don't think I've ever seen one. But that that song is just ripe. For a video oh man all of a sudden i'm i'm regretting not putting it in my top five i love that song so much um and then a song uh that i had forgotten about until today uh talk soup oh yeah where it's a song that that's uh You're talking about like maury povich type shows and yeah stuff? yeah just just like the the town talk with george just all about airing your wacky wild garbage on donahue and sally jesse oh shit what are current references to that because i I don't know if, if people that are younger than us would even know those shows. I think, well, Maury Povich is still on, isn't he? Yeah, I think Maury is the, the last vestige of those, uh, of the, of those days. You know, I, even Jerry Springer's going off the air, if he hasn't already. There's still weird garbage shows like that on at, at, in the t- same time slot. So. Oh, okay. The, the daytime, like 11 to 1 yeah. o'clock time slots. All right, so my top five favorite original songs. One we already touched on, You Don't Love Me Anymore. Um, that song about, oh man, it's so hilarious. Like it starts, it starts like a sad song about the breakdown of a romance and just turns into all this crazy shit that this <laughs> woman has done to, to him. Poisoning his coffee and putting cobras in his sock drawer or is it underwear drawer? Uh, underwear drawer, yeah, yeah. Having sex with the entire hockey team. Yep, yep. Yeah, slams his face down on a barbecue grill. Poison. Yeah, uh, no, you already said that. Doesn't she kill him in the end of that too? No, 
Isn't he dead? Nope. No? Hmm. No. Um, and then... It's pretty dark, though. Yes. Yeah. And it, hilariously dark. And then another one we already talked about, uh, This is the Life. Yeah. Yeah. He eats flame and yawn seven times a day and his bathtub's filled with Perrier. Another one that we've already spoken of uh, briefly is You Make Me. That is, uh, that is the song that is the takeoff of the Oingo Boingo songs. So one of my favorite lines in it is, uh, is you make me want to staple bagels to my face, then remove them with a pitchfork. <laughs> I, I, uh, I love it. And let's see. The next one, the, I guess this is another one that I would have considered kind of country, but yeah, I guess it is more American songwriter style is those were the good old days. I love how each, each verse starts totally normal. Like I'm remembering this, this great <laughs> childhood and, you know, these, these all American dream memories that just go dark as hell. You know, it's talking about, uh, Oh, good old Mr. Fender who ran the corner grocery store, yeah. you know, stroll down the aisle with a big friendly smile and say, howdy, when you walk through the door and then it, it, it ends with, I don't know why I set fire to his place and I'll never forget the day I bashed in his head. head. Well, you should have seen the look on his face. (laughs) Come on. Well, Weird Al does that so well where he can, he can get, he gets pretty like dark. Yeah. (laughs) Some of the songs, but there's, there's usually still so jovial and funny. And the last one, um, in fact, oh yeah. Yeah. You even mentioned this earlier. Um, this is for sure a doo-wop song is one more minute. Yeah. Um, a, a doo-wop song about, you know, for, for once it's him breaking up with somebody else <laughs> rather than, than being the tortured soul. Well, uh, I think I get, you get, I think she is leaving him for somebody else. Oh, really? Okay. I'd have to listen to it uh, more closely. Yeah. Cause I think at the beginning he mentions something about her leaving him. Oh, so it's like a, uh, like, like a think, spite song. Yeah, I think he's just really bitter. Oh, okay. Anything else you want to touch on? I don't know. I, I did see, there was a, oddly enough, I saw an interview with him, which I can't tell if he was being serious, but I think he was. And he said he's a vegetarian now. Yeah. Which, yep. Which means he doesn't eat Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. No, I mean, he could, he could do veggie dogs. I guess. It just wouldn't taste the same. <laughs> yeah. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. That's a veggie sick. dog and a Twinkie gross. with easy cheese dipped in milk. Yeah. I mean, the only thing we didn't really touch on was the Weird Al show. Oh yeah, there ain't a whole lot there. Like it was, it was okay. It definitely had some funny parts. Yeah, it was kind of a kind of a Pee Wee's Playhouse, kind of a a post UHF like um, Uncle Stanley's Funhouse or whatever it was. You know, like like a kid variety show. Yeah, they were definitely going. Yeah, they were definitely going for the Pee Wee's Playhouse vibe, though it was you know most of a decade later after Pee Wee went went off the air. Yeah, you know, in ninety seven. I'm kind of curious. If I was watching it in the moment, or or even if it came out when we were kids, how I would have um, received that show because you know it, it to me it I don't know if it's if it's my age now or what, but I feel like I would have felt the same like when it was new in '97. You know, when we're teenagers, it just seemed like like it was like it was trying too hard. Like like it it doesn't seem like Weird Al to me, where everything else he does is so effortless. Well, and I think it's because they were like, I, I looked into it a bit and like it was uh, CBS. It was on CBS Saturday mornings was the uh, FCC mandates that they have a certain amount of educational and informative programming on Saturday mornings. 
I, I don't know if there's much in the way of Saturday morning kids programming anymore anyway. So I don't know if the requirement still stands, but back then they were, you know, the networks were required to have a certain block of like educational programming. Yeah. And for some reasons they thought it was a good idea to give Weird Al a show to educate children. And he doesn't do much of that. And he never did and never like even tried. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess the, 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 the CBS said, you need to have a moral in every episode. It's important. And so they, they just got Billy West to say a moral at the beginning of it and then completely ignored it from there on. <laughs> so the, everyone starts with like a card that comes up and it has a moral on it. And that's it. The show doesn't, sometimes it has something to do with it, but most, but a lot of the time it didn't. They just kind of ignored it and did whatever they wanted to do. I guess they had a really hard time writing it because so much of the material they'd write would get kind of, they just kind of write whatever they wanted. And then the censors would come and be like, nope, can't do that. Nope, can't do that. Got to redo that. Got to change this. Gross. Yeah. Like it's a kid's show and it's clearly kind of aimed at kids, but it's not, I don't know, the humor in it's just like, I don't know if kids would appreciate it either. Like they'd appreciate some of it, like half of it. And then the half they don't appreciate, adults might appreciate. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Pixar movies where they, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, this is kind of dumb or that was really funny. Yeah, I only saw the one episode with you today before recording and it just, it, it wasn't good. It, it wasn't, uh, everything just kind of made me cringe. Like the, the most fun I had in that episode was when they sang the Harvey the Wonder Hamster theme song because that was actually from an album and, yeah. and I was able to sing along. They did that in like every one though. Awesome. Yeah. And they had a that little safety video in the first episode was pretty funny. Which one was that? Where, they had, where the kid comes in and he's like hurt himself. And it's like, here, watch this video. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. They, they <laughs> like did little, have those, those little, those little clips that were, that were fantastic. Like the, those were calling back to the old UHF days. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that, that was kind of a theme through the series. They'd have like fake commercials. And uh, some of them would like air between the commercial break signs, you know? Yeah. And so like you weren't sure if they were an actual commercial or not. Um, and then like weird TV parodies. Like another one I watched, they had uh, Sabrina, the teenaged fish <laughs> and stuff like that. So like it, it had, there, there was some, it's like Al TV. There was some good comedy in there, but it was completely surrounded by a bunch of, by a lot of stuff that was not necessarily funny and kind of cringy. Well, to to sum it up, I mean, I I feel like I feel like we've kind of said everything that I'm <laughs> that I would say, uh, summing it up because it it's just you know th this this episode more than anything else I think so far has just been like a love letter to uh, yeah. to our childhood. Even though we've we've talked about shit that we that we loved from our childhood, you know, th this like Weird Al is such such a huge um, like background influence. You know, like it. it Weird Al didn't influence me like comic books or actually like playing music, you know, it, it, but it was, it was always there. And it was, it was something that shaped me early on. You know, like I said, it was Michael Jackson and it was Weird Al. Those were, those were the only musical acts I was into until like high school. Um, what else was there? Yeah. It, you know, it, it just, uh, it took a lot, I think for me to get into music and, you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't super pay attention to it besides Weird Al and Michael Jackson. Just Weird Al was was so big. And I'm so glad my parents never tried to censor me from yeah, that. Yeah, because there's definitely some stuff in there that I imagine they would find a bit objectionable. <laughs> if they took the time to listen to it. Maybe they just didn't listen that hard. Yeah, probably know. not. Like, I'm not a big, big fan of, 
like listening deeply to lyrics. Like I kind of generally when with music, I enjoy the music for the music and, you know, I hear the lyrics. I kind of know, I know what they're saying, but I don't, uh, they're not important to me with the exception of like Weird Al, where that, like the, yeah, absolutely listen to the lyrics. Yeah. The lyrics are, are they're such, hilarious. yeah, they're such a, such a integral part of it. But I'm not a huge fan of like, you know, deep metaphors and hidden meanings and all that, you know, so just good old, you know, fart jokes and <laughs> booger songs. Yeah. Songs about boogers on your fingers and stuff, you know, that, that plays more to my level. I can appreciate that. more. And I generally appreciate comedy above all else. Yeah. So. And he's got that in spades. Absolutely. So, Ben, you've seen Weird Al live, haven't you? Yeah, you were there. Oh, the I was. S- the State Fair in 1999 <laughs> yeah. or 1990-ish something. <laughs> sometime in high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that that was, that was the time we met at the State Fair and we did like a slow run towards each other that was going to culminate in a big hug. And oh, at the last second, you like jumped up and your shoulder jammed into my chin. Face. Yeah. And I, and I bit my tongue and started <laughs> bleeding all over the place. So here's something that's a big shame. I remember going and seeing Weird Al at State Fair. I remember I was there, but I don't remember specifics of the show. I just remember being there on the lawn in that, uh, in that, you know, sort of courtyard area. Yeah. The weird outdoor dusty shitty arena thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's about the same for me, but that's uh, just kind of par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I usually remember things a little bit better. Maybe not if the, if the Ninja Turtles show, uh, is any, uh, is any indicator. (laughs) Yeah. I've got, I've got like a, you know, snapshot memory. Like I remember bits and pieces of things, but I don't have good detailed records of, uh, anything I've done. Yeah. I don't know if I've told you this before, my memory is not that good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I do remember going there and I remember enjoying it and singing along to pretty much every song he sang. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I remember the experience of being there, but I don't remember specifics of songs. And I, I like, I remember, I remember some outfit changes and, and he did do the fat suit, right? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> don't you remember? <laughs> oh, um, well, thanks for getting weird with us today, folks. Um, if you want to let us know how we did, you can email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias. We have a Facebook group, Geeksploration the Podcast, Instagram, Geeksploration Podcast, and Twitter at Geeksplore Pod. And if you enjoyed the show, which I don't think anyone does because we've only got one review on iTunes so far. So I'm hoping this changes that. Huh? Huh? But if you enjoyed the show, uh, please uh, go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five accordion review. Or even if you didn't enjoy it, just do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 the text isn't important. Give the five-star review and say, this show blows. Don't listen to it. That's fine. Because <laughs> I, I think the reviews, they go more by the stars than anything else. So do us a solid. Uh, also, if you enjoyed the show, you can go on to geeksplorationpodcast.com and subscribe. You'll be notified when new episodes come out. Um, and uh, we'll see your name on a little list. It'll make us feel good. Our opening intro is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time. I'd rather rip my heart out of my ribcage with my bare hands and throw it on the floor and stomp on it until I die. (gasps) Then spend one more minute with you.